Section 17 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Section 17. The Narrows at Staten Island almost any land looks beautiful after a long voyage and it would not be surprising if the narrows oftenest seen and described by those who have just come off the passage of the atlantic should have this reputation it does not require an eye long deprived of verdure however to relish the bold shores the bright green banks the clustering woods and tasteful villas which make up the charms of this lovely strait Busier waters than the Narrows could scarcely be found, and it is difficult to imagine, amid so much bustle and civilization, the scene that presented itself to Hendrick Hudson when the little Have-Maine stole in on her voyage of discovery two hundred years ago. Hoofden, or the Highlands, as he then named the hills in this neighborhood, were covered with grass and wildflowers, and the air was filled with fragrance. Groups of friendly natives, clothed in elk skins, stood on the beach, singing and offering him welcome, and anchoring his little bark, he explored with his boats the channel and inlets, and penetrated to the mouth of the river, which was destined to bear his name. It appears, however, that the Indians on the Long Island side were less friendly, and in one of the excursions into the Bay of Manhattan, his boat was attacked by a party of twenty-nine savages of a ferocious tribe, and an English sailor named Coleman was killed by an arrow shot in the shoulder. Other unfriendly demonstrations from the same tribe induced Hudson to leave his anchorage at Sandy Hook, and he drew into the Bay of New York, which he found most safe and commodious, and where he still continued his intercourse with the Indians of Staten Island receiving them on board his vessel dressing them to their extravagant delight in red coats and purchasing from them fish and fruits in abundance at this day there stands a villa on every picturesque point a thriving town lies on the left shore hospitals and private sanitary establishments extend their white edifices in the neighborhood of the quarantine ground and between the little fleets of merchantmen lying with the yellow flag at their peak fly rapidly and skilfully a constant succession of steamboats gaily painted and beautifully modelled bearing on their airy decks the population of one of the first cities of the world yet of manhattan island on which new york is built hudson writes only two hundred years ago that it was wild and rough a thick forest covered the parts where anything would grow its beach was broken and sandy and full of inlets its interior presented hills of stony and sandy alluvion masses of rock ponds swamps and marshes the gay description which an american would probably give of the narrows the first spot of his native land seen after a tedious voyage would probably be in strong contrast with the impression it produces on the immigrant who sees in it only the scene of his first difficult step in a land of exile 
i remember noting this contrast with some emotion on board the packet ship in which i was not long ago a passenger from england among the crowd of emigrants in the steerage was the family of a respectable and well-educated man who had failed as a merchant in some small town in england and was coming with the wreck of his fortune to try the backwoods of america he had a wife and eight or ten very fine children the eldest of whom a delicate and pretty girl of eighteen had contributed to sustain the family under their misfortunes at home by keeping a village school the confinement had been too much for her and she was struck with consumption a disease which is peculiarly fatal in america soon after leaving the british channel the physician on board reported her to the captain as exceedingly ill and suffering painfully from the close air of the steerage and by the general consent of the cabin passengers a bed was made up for her in the deck-house where she received the kindest attention from the ladies on board and with her gentle manners and grateful expressions of pleasure soon made an interest in all hearts as we made the land the air became very close and hot and our patient perhaps from sympathy with the general excitement about her grew feverish and worse hourly her father and a younger sister sat by her holding her hands and fanning her and when we entered the narrows with a fair wind and every one on board forgetting her in their admiration of the lovely scene mounted to the upper deck she was raised to the window and stood with the bright red spot deepening on her cheek watching the fresh green land without the slightest expression of pleasure we dropped anchor the boats were lowered and as the steerage passengers were submitted to a quarantine we attempted to take leave of her before going on shore a fit of the most passionate tears the paroxysms of which seemed almost to suffocate her prevented her replying to us and we left that poor girl surrounded with her weeping family trying in vain to comfort her hers were feelings probably which are often associated with the remembrance of the narrows End of section seventeen.